Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline Bailey, where we talk about all things coming home to yourself, all things rewriting your story, all things um, eliminating society and family conditioning and becoming the truest version of yourself. So I am really happy to have you guys here and we have such an amazing episode for you guys after a little break last week and this is my first episode to come out after some really tough news and I don't know. You guys know if you've been listening all year and I feel like I've gained a lot of perspective on this year and the necessity of the hard things that have happened but it has been a it's been a doozy of a year for me and yeah I the the story keeps unfolding and this episode is kind of the first episode that I talk about what happened two weeks ago and to be completely honest and vulnerable and candid with you guys like I always am on this podcast. Um, My partner broke up with me and this was a relationship that I felt like was going to be really long term, you know, Um, forever, (laughs) whatever they say. Um, And I, to a degree, I I felt maybe this was coming, but I also feel felt a little bit blindsided and I felt really hopeful and excited and optimistic about our future together and a future that was spoken to me as, I don't want to say as truth, but as the, the future we plan together. Um, and I'm going to really try not to cry. <laughs> But I cry in this episode anyway, and this is the first episode that I cry on. Um, But what made me want to start crying was that in this relationship, I grew and changed so much, and this relationship was such an up-level of what I thought was possible in love, and just how deeply you can connect with another person and how well you can be treated and how much you can be loved for your soul and not anything to do with your physical appearance and how deeply healing um, sex is that comes from that place. And I really learned and grew as a person so much from that experience. And I'm, I'm still integrating that experience and who I am now and just really making space for that to unfold and that to be really uncomfortable right now and the longing for a partner um like my past partner to just really be heavy on my heart and I don't think the story is over and the chapter is still unfolding but yeah just holding space for that in myself so that is my life update And there definitely will be more breakup content to come. Next week, we're going to have a really amazing, informative astrology episode kind of about the end of the year, 2022, eclipses, relationships, and astrology, 
Venus retrograde that's going to be really great for you guys. So I'm really excited about that. And then kind of after that week, I'll kind of give you guys some breakup updates and some things I've learned. Um, But I just want to say anyone that is listening to this episode that is going through something similar, like I'm so, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And I wish I could give you a million hugs and I wish I could be there for you because I was not prepared for how horrible this is and how much it sucks and waking up to the reality of the truth of the end of this partnership is every day. Um, And if you're in that place right now, like I'm just sending you so much love and please feel free to DM me and just know you're going to get through this and I'm going to keep sharing my story and sharing my truth and sharing what I've learned to help and be of service in any way I can for anyone that's experiencing this because this has been um, one of the hardest things I've ever been through. Um, And I don't say that lightly (laughs) because I've been through a lot of hard things. But going off of that, the this episode that I recorded last weekend was exactly what I needed to hear. And Sammy is such a liberator for all of us. And I know by listening to this episode, a part of you will be healed. A part of your world will change and just radical permission and acceptance of your journey and not wishing any moment of it away, even when it fucking hurts. And yeah, I'm I'm just so excited to hear for you guys to hear this episode and hear me coming from a very vulnerable place today and an update on offerings. Uh that will be on hold a little bit as I heal from what I'm experiencing right now, but definitely will be taking new coaching clients and starting a creative um sisterhood coaching container very soon. But enough about me. You'll hear more about it soon. Um, So let's talk about our amazing guest today, Sammy B. Love, Samantha Schultz. Sammy's work is devoted to leading others back to unconditional love through the two most shamed areas of the human experience, sex and money. She focuses on her framework developed through her shamanic sex teachings of worship, polarity, energy work, pleasure practice, soul retrieval, and neuroscience to guide her clients through major death and rebirths of their being. Such a powerful woman, such a powerhouse, such an amazing sister. I love her so much and I know this episode is gonna, it's gonna heal and ignite so many things within you. So not gonna wait any longer. Let's get into it guys. All the love. So the first question I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Oh, fuck. Uh (laughs) Right off the bat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
I just shot through the heart. Um, oh man, this has been, this has been the main thing is, um, I've been finding freedom from, and Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this all the time, how like our bodies and our hearts and like, our like we can become addicted to certain emotions or experiences and processing them a certain way to fulfill a certain narrative Mm -hmm. that we're really attached to. So like something could happen to someone and they'll perceive it as bad luck or that they're a victim. And then something can happen to someone else and they perceive it as like, oh, this is something small or like, this is, this is redirecting me for a reason. And neither of it's like true or wrong. It's just whatever you're like positioning yourself with your heart and mind and body and soul to like fucking experience and believe. Mm -hmm. And so I've been finding freedom from those little stories, like the little ways that that shows up in your life and like where my ego wants me to feel like a victim or where it wants me to feel like I'm in a story or a narrative that's out of my control. And that leaves me like a certain way, (laughs) not in my power. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like have the narrative that I feel like I try to not entertain anymore, but it's like, Uh like one thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong. And then I'm like, what's like my luck? Like, why are all these things going wrong? And it's like, the more yeah. that I entertain that narrative, the more that goes wrong. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, because that's what you'll find. Like, you know, someone getting triggered and then getting angry and then they talk about it all day long. And like, that's so boring, you know? <laughs> like, but it's because they have that lens and they're like almost in a way addicted to those chemicals in their body and in their brain. And like, so noticing those patterns and it's like, it's not what you experience, it's how you interpret it. And Tony Robbins always says this, that like, the key is to not associate anything with loss. And so if you, like, when we experience that, like, heartbreak or sadness or, like, victim kind of feelings, like, we, um, we're associating something with loss and being out of our control. And so, like, yeah, I'm just, like, nothing is a loss. Like, everything's a gain. Everything's a miracle. Everything is moving me towards the direction I want to go. And so that's what I, but also with love, like, this has been the key. And we were kind of talking about this before the call, like, um, and, uh, Lauren's post that you referenced. Um, and this is a pattern I noticed like with relationships of like literally responding to conflict or things coming up with love and being rigid and like closing my heart rather than relaxing in the love and being like, well, what would love do in this moment? But my pattern is to like feel rejected or, you know, feel like a victim or, get defensive or all of these ways that like our ego is trying to protect ourselves. And so I've just been like really observing like any little moments, like even on the small scale, like when am I deciding to close my heart to protect myself rather than like relaxing into love? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, and what you said about like, cause you had said the thing to me before of like, treat nothing as a loss and that was so powerful Mm -hmm. for me then but I think like even shifting it even further of like everything that you perceive as a loss is actually a miracle like that just like really Mm -hmm. clicked in Mm -hmm. something for me of like 
oh, like, fuck, it is a miracle. And (laughs) I don't know. It's so interesting because I have a friend that like, she's definitely working on this, but she's like, she's also a Virgo and just like, it's very stressed and overwhelms herself. And then like gets in the headspace of like, this thing went wrong. And this thing, like, I can't even believe my life. I always have so many things going wrong. And she texted me something about like her flight getting delayed and that she was like in an airport now sitting at the bar with the other people whose flight got canceled or delayed. And she, but she told it to me as like, isn't that so shitty? And I was like, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> like, why don't yeah. we go laugh at that and enjoy meeting these new random people at the bar? Like, it's just yes. like a mindset shift of like, okay, like this is what I was meant to do instead of get on the flight at 5 p.m., you know? Yes. Yes. And this, it's so fun. Cause so I'm working on um, my manifestation course right now and I'm having so much fucking fun with it, but that that's like a huge piece of everything is like, people are always seeking um, experiences, items, achievements, relationships, whatever, because they want to feel free. Mm-hmm. They want to feel free. They want to feel good. Like your friend, for example, like Virgos are very self-critical. They have high standards. They're like amazing. They're su- they have such good attention to detail. Like I, I fucking love Virgos. I have so many Virgos in my life, and but they are very like harsh on themselves, and like they easily can slip into that like loss mentality of like this wasn't good enough, or this could because you can see so easily how much better it could be because that's what you're so talented at is like making things and bringing it to that next level of like execution or beauty or like you that's how you really contribute to this world in such a beautiful way and so like the the other side of that could be processing things as never being enough And so when we like want to manifest and create things, we're like trying to get the money, get the relationship, have our family or health be a certain way. So we don't experience those not enough feelings, but it has nothing to do with the external world. It's always, always, always how we're digesting and receiving the moment, like always. (laughs) And that's like the biggest cosmic joke of it all. Yeah. I mean, and it's so hard because like I've gotten in a trap so many times this year when me and my relationship first started showing like signs of conflict. I was like, I was already fired this year and financial disarray and like, you know, like it has already been like a really hard year. I was like, I can't handle anything else hard right now. And like, Mm -hmm. It, it is so hard to not get trapped in those narratives, which just totally yeah. disempower you. Yeah, I would. Lo- could I give like a uh, like a little example of something? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Well, so it, this one quick thing goes into the next. So, um, twenty twenty one has been such a fucking ridiculous year, and I know it's been challenging for you. And I know a lot of people. It's actually like twenty twenty was like way better than twenty twenty one. Yes, yeah, I know that for a ton of people. Too. Yeah. yeah, which is like so ironic to think about and hilarious. And um, but yeah, in this last year, just to be transparent with 
whoever's listening who like doesn't know anything about me. Um, this last year I went through a breakup, had a miscarriage, had two deaths in my family, got hit by a car, which I have an injury that I'm a back injury that I might need surgery for had to like cancel all my one-on-one clients. Cause I was in so much pain. I couldn't do any work for like months. And then a few months later, I found out that my dad, I grew up with 30 years, isn't my biological dad. And then met my whole, met like other siblings I had, my biological dad for the first time, like found out all of these secrets about my family, like, and, and that's just, there's still a few months of the year. (laughs) There's still one more, one more month of this year. And so that's one year of a lot of shit and a lot of loss and a lot of change. And, um, but like, none of it is actually loss like none of it is lost and it's all gain. And this actually has been like the best year of my life as well. Like, I feel like the best version of myself, like I'm so proud of what I've created and who I am and like the work I've done and the people that I've been able to interact with. And like, just, I feel I've never felt more blessed and protected and loved. And like, I have so much to give to this world. And it's like, you're going to make me cry already. like yeah like oh babe like we and these are these are our gifts you know and I wouldn't I wouldn't wish I don't wish my journey away and I think that's like the biggest gift you can give yourself is to like not wish your journey away and to not wish all of the bad thing the quote-unquote bad things to that hurt you know and it comes and goes and like I experienced great like maybe I'll wake up tomorrow crying like oh my everything was a lot you know whatever but and that's okay but but yeah the whole point is um so when I was visiting my biological dad I had a friend go with me and we stayed on this like on this like this um like little resort thingy I'll just um I don't know me. I hope his other kids don't listen to this. (laughs) We stayed on a nudist resort and they have a little camper. I know it was hilarious. Me and my friend stayed at he's they're like nudists and part of this um, resort. And so we stayed there. He stayed him and his wife stayed at their house. Um, But so it was like amazing and hilarious. Like, of course, I would manifest like a spiritual badass, like, you know, amazing. sexually liberated like free-spirited dad like of course that's who my biological father would be and like um we're like best friends now it's been amazing but we were driving home from Asheville to this resort and we kept getting not lost but we kept getting uh these detours and so it would it would literally like turn us around it was like 30 minutes and then we realized it would be it was trying to take us back to the exit that was shut down that was the detour so it kept doing that. And so we were trying our best to like keep going forward, but it kept trying to reroute us backwards to the exit we couldn't take onto the highway. And so um, what my friend and my biological dad were talking about earlier in the day <clears throat> is that when life reroutes you, sometimes you're meant to go in the direction that you're rerouted and to give up on where you were headed. They were saying that. And I said, I completely fucking disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why. So 
we're, we're lost. We're turned around. It's late. We had such a crazy day. We had had a few glasses of wine. Like we're, we're cold. <laughs> we just want to go to sleep. And so we're tr- like, it took way long to get home. And the only reason why we kept going and trying to get home, even though we were getting rerouted is because we knew without a doubt that there was a bed waiting for us. We knew that the destination was there and it was real. So it didn't matter how many times that we were turned around and detoured. We didn't stop and get a hotel. We weren't like, oh, the camper just doesn't exist anymore. The resort, like, it's just not real, right? Let's give up on that idea and let's like do something else. We knew it was there waiting for us. So we kept going. And so I think in life, you have to choose like what destinations do you know are for you, like with your heart. And if your heart's not in it and you keep getting rerouted, like, yeah, that's, you know, it's okay to let those things go. But I think there are things that are so burned into our soul and like what we're here to really do and experience and to create and share that like, you just have to trust that no matter how many times you get rerouted, like that destination exists, that warm bed is there. And like, nothing can keep you from that if you don't let it. So, yeah, I was going to say like, in a way it was like you, you and your dad and your friend were all right, because mm-hmm. sometimes like you're meant to be rerouted when the dash, like the destination is maybe it's like not really aligned or not worth it. And it's like discerning mm-hmm. the destinations that are worth it. And like, I cried when you were like kind of saying that in your story and like, I wouldn't wish away my story and I feel more powerful and more like myself and more all those things than I've ever been because I, I feel, I feel the same. And like, I, I, so I was in this course where they said something like, your story doesn't matter. And I was immediately like, what? <laughs> I was like, like it was so viscerally not true in my body yeah. that, that I was like, I was like, no, everyone's stories are every like, and I firmly believe like our stories liberate people, our stories set mm-hmm. people free, like our yeah. not our mental stories, but our life story and our journey yeah. is so important. And it's like you said. I, even the horrible, horrible times, like quote, horrible times, I won't wish away. Yeah. I don't want to wish away my life, you know, in any degree of whatever I'm experiencing. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we learn with age that like, you know, maybe this person is having a hard time. Whoever said that, like maybe they're having a hard time reconciling with something in their life, or maybe they meant it differently, but, um, like I firmly believe, and this is something I always do with my clients and they expect it and they sometimes get annoyed with it. And then they also love it though. (laughs) Whenever they're like, shit is hitting the fan, like every, like house burned down, you know, kids kicked out of school, someone's sick, there might be a divorce, like just the crazy, like crazy shit, like really hard life things. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited for you. Like I'm so excited for you because it's like, that's our greatest treasure. And I love to say it in terms of like, you know, when you have these tools and you're sharpening your sword, you never know how sharp it is until it's time to swing it. 
until it's time to use it. Like you never know how far you've come until you're faced with a challenge. And not to say that like, you know, you should create challenges or whatever, but I'm just being real with the human journey. Like it's fucking wild and we are alive. And so many people are trying to escape reality and escape their story and wish their journey away and numbing out with lots of things with TV, with alcohol, drugs, sex, shopping, like social media. And so I love to just help my clients. And this is what I had to learn really deeply with like to like all these life-threatening experiences, (laughs) like fucking like that aliveness, like you know, like you want to experience life fully. And so these moments that are like so hard, so hard, but they're like literally our greatest treasure. Like they are our biggest gifts. And I firmly believe that. And it might annoy some people and that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I remember too, that you said that to me when I talked about my year in the beginning of the year of like getting fired mm. and all this dead and like all these things, you're like, I'm so excited for you. And that was super powerful for me. And I, I don't know. I think when these people said the thing about your story, it was kind of like, you just like have people on the show and they learn from them and you like teach them lessons. And I'm just like, your, your story, your story does that. And by having a podcast, other people's stories do that. So yeah, that's all we are stories is like, literally we die and nothing is left behind besides our memories. Like, that's all we are stories. You know, like how cool is it going to be? I don't, I don't know why I just thought of this, but how cool is it going to be when, you know, we pass away and we have these grandchildren that have like heard of us and they're able to listen to our freaking podcasts or something. Like how cool is that going to be? Like it's snapshots of us at certain ages. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so hilarious. (laughs) I don't know. I love it. Or our Instagram. They're going to be like, let's listen to grandma's recording about pussy power. <laughs> like, yeah, bitches. Like- <laughs> well, yeah, that's going to be it. That'll be it. That'll be wild. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch this video of grandma twerking to WAP. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it. I love Honestly, it. Honestly, hopefully the kids by then will be like so evolved, like the age thing, it won't even be a thing. They'll just be like, this is so awesome, you know, seeing grandma yeah. get it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be a full spectrum, but I, yeah, I believe any grandkids we have are going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. So kind of to pivot a little bit, I'd love to hear mm-hmm. like kind of your story and like how you kind of got into coaching and like how this kind of all unfolded for you. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause so like, that's something, you know, with business and with marketing and all the things is like, pick your one story. And I'm just like, I have no fucking idea <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> like I Same. feel like I probably tell a different story every time. And, it, but, um, but honestly, like it, um, yeah, I feel like, so I was lucky. I was really lucky enough to like be born with this understanding that like love is the only thing that's real and pain and like anger and hatred and all these other things that we transfer to people, you know, being mean, being hot, like hurting other people, abusing them. I just had this deep understanding in my soul 
my whole, like always, like I was just born this way that like love is the only thing that's true. And like all of this other stuff isn't the truth. And that has served me so much in every thing I've been through. And so I dealt with like, I dealt with like child abuse and sexual abuse from a neighbor and, um, you know, being kicked out of my house when I was 10, like you know, 12 and moving in with um, my dad that I grew up with that I like barely even, I was kind of scared of him and just um, a lot of chaos, a lot of sadness. And, um, but I always had that understanding. And so that really served me. And I was always like the one who would stand up for everyone who was being bullied or like, um, <laughs> like I was such like a, tough little cookie and then um and it's hilarious because I actually was going through my yearbooks and like I was uh some of the people wrote like thanks for the blowjob advice or like thanks for the or like <laughs> and I was like damn I've been doing this a while I guess and <laughs> I was always the friend like I helped like literally in middle school and high school like I was the friend that would help everyone like if they were suicidal like I've been on the phone like had to turn people into the police to help them like not commit suicide. Like I just was always the person that was like called to, or that someone reached out to in those moments. And I'm really grateful for that gift that people felt safe um, to do that. But so that translated into adulthood, you know, being young, 20 something drinking a ton. I was just like numbing my trauma with alcohol And then I had a rabies scare. Um, and basically they were like, we're just going to see how it goes. Like you waited a while before getting all these like vaccines and shots and things. And so like, we think you'll be fine, but I was a hypochondriac, a recovering hypochondriac. So like having a rabies scare, being a hypochondriac is like, cause it's a hundred percent deadly. Like And I was terrified. So I had like a huge, like dark night of the soul awakening. Like, um, I changed so much about myself, like within a short period of time. And I realized like, if I were to have died, um, like I would not be proud of the version of me that I was like, I had all these beliefs and like feelings and principles, and I wasn't like living according to any of them. And I wasn't giving back the way I wanted to. And so that was a huge moment in my life. And I realized that I was numbing um, sexual trauma with alcohol. So then I went on this journey of like um, healing my sexual trauma. And then I started YouTube. I loved YouTube. I loved YouTubers. I had been watching YouTube since like high school. And like people used to make fun of me for it. They're like, that's so weird. You like watch YouTubers. Now it's like such a normal thing. Um, but yeah, I started a YouTube channel and I was like, I'm just going to share my journey to make people feel less alone. Like, that's just my intention. And, um, and I did, and I created this video, like the seven, my seven step process for healing emotional trauma and sexual trauma. And like, um, I still get comments on it every single day of people like telling me, thank you, or like even children, commenting on it and like it's it's heartbreaking but I'm just like glad that um it like I was brave enough to share that and that it has helped people and um yeah so I just kind of went from there like I um 
left my relationship because he was like, you should have sex with me whether or not you want to. And I was like, no, like I, re- I like was like, I'm reclaiming my body and no, my sexual healing comes first. And that was huge. Like from that moment, it's just been a whirlwind of like, I was coaching people through email. They would find me on YouTube and like email me, like they were suicidal. They were going through something huge. And I would obviously like tell them to seek professional, <laughs> you know, get like, you know, go to therapy, share with a family member, share with a friend. But I also was supporting them too. Like I was emailing with them, giving them, um, like suggestions, like help, like asking them questions, telling them that they're loved. And I was like coaching with these people for months and months and like helping them get such amazing results and like really put back the pieces of their soul the same way that I was doing. And, um, then when I discovered the coaching world, I was like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) And so, and I was bartending even though I was sober and I was bartending at the time, I was like three years bartending sober and I hated it. I fucking hated it. I just didn't know how to make money in such a short amount of time that like you can make a lot of money bartending in like only three days or like two days. So, um, I was like focusing on my mental health and like not, yeah. And like, but I would have panic attacks during my shifts and like all of this it was really bad. And so eventually I started doing YouTube, like YouTube coaching. And then I was just doing coaching, offering coaching to help people get to where I'd gotten with like the little bit of what I've created. Like I had like 10 K YouTube subscribers and a few viral videos. And I was like, I'll help you like get to here with what I know. Like, I've just always been like, okay, I'll help you bridge this small gap as I went along. And then it's just like expanded from there. And then I kind of found out about the rest of the coaching world and I was like, oh, okay, this is crazy. And so, um, yeah. And then the last few years, so I spent like four years focused on like sexual healing and it wasn't until like two years ago that I really, fell into and feel like I actually was like sexually liberated, which I think is a whole other thing and liberation versus healing, fixing versus worshiping. And so that's like kind of what I teach now. And yeah, I'm where I'm at now. <laughs> that was a lot, but. <laughs> oh, that, that was, that was amazing. And I was thinking as you said it, that like, it's, it's, I'll just say it, it's dumb that we think we have to tell the same story to every person because every person needs to hear the truth that is authentic of your story on that day, Mm -hmm. like right now. And I feel like the pieces you chose to share were like the pieces I needed to hear. And like, I trust like whoever Mm -hmm. listens to this needs to hear, but yeah, I, I just, I always think it's so amazing and so cute when we can like look back on our childhood and trace like, oh, I always was this person. Like I would go back to my high school, like Instagram captions and like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like quoting like Rumi, like I didn't know who he was, but those were like my captions and stuff. And I was like, what, you know? And like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I was always this person. I just like had so many things like in the way of being the person I wanted to be. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like, I guess I think reminding ourselves of like death and like life's impermanence is like so powerful and like in transforming because like through going through this experience that I'm going through now, like, you know, 
it's one of those things, like you said, you were always ingrained with where like love is the most important thing. And like, I even like planned a, a post on it because I was like, like at the end of the day, like, I don't know, maybe this bad, I don't know what bad means, but maybe it's bad to say, but at the end of the day, like I was thinking about it and I was thinking about my breakup and I was like, love is all that matters. Like if I was going to die tomorrow, I would go yeah. straight to him and all the people I loved because all this, whatever, sto- like whatever this thing is at the end of mm-hmm. the day, like just loving people is what this is all about and all the other stories and all the other excuse, like all of that is just getting in the way of like living our life. Yes. Yeah. I think that's like the ultimate journey of like self-actualization is learning how your body your heart your mind and soul can just be the this like portal for love and like we spend so much time you know measuring and (laughs) and wishing and focusing on like changes and like I'm gonna die or you know all these things and um But yeah, like just really allow, like you said, like just at the end of the day, at the end of your life, like it's, it's, you're just going to realize how amazing you were this whole time, how beautiful you are, how like sweet your family is. And like all of these things, like the truth just becomes so clear. Yeah. And I know, like I listened to some podcasts and I think you've like talked to me about this before, about like Mm -hmm. checking in with like your elder self. And for me, it's like, people are like, oh, when you get to your thirties, oh, when you get to your forties, like you don't give a fuck anymore. And I'm like, why do we have to wait? Like, why can't I just not give a fuck anymore and be that elder self right now? Cause like, I don't want to just be like, I spent all this time caring about all these things that don't fucking matter. And Mm -hmm. now I'm old and I didn't, I don't know. I didn't invest in the right things because I was too worried about things that weren't important. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. This is what came through in my meditation today. And like, I've, I always say this to myself and then I forget it. And then I remember, and then I forget it. Like, of course. Um, but like life is just a game of awareness and that's why coaching is so powerful because like aligning yourself with someone who's really practiced and has tools to return to a certain awareness again and again and again, regardless. And that's like your meta, like metaphorical sword, like sharpening your sword, like how, like having those, the gift of like returning to a certain awareness again and again and again, regardless of what's happening. And it's all just a game. Like no matter what, you know, is your flight canceled? Is this, are you going through a breakup? Like, what is your truth? And like, what do you actually find valuable? Like what is abundance for you? And like thinking of how, if you're like, I always joke around, I'm going to be like 170 years old. And so like, and I call her my fierce crone. Cause she's like, she's really fierce. And she's like, kind of funny. Like sometimes she's a little mean to me and like, but in like a loving way, like she just makes fun of me. And, um, and, um, but yeah, she's just so clear. She's so, she, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. And I think like she knows what's important and what's valuable. Like she has nothing to lose. Like it's all already happened. And so tuning in with her consciousness and her awareness in the now, like when we're so young, like I think that's really the greatest abundance you could ever experience 
because at the end of the road, like you'll really be like, I really fucking lived. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, I don't know, I can just remember like times on my journey of like, you know, having those similar realizations or just being like, I think I had one realization when my anxiety was just like horrible. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, I realized that like, if I didn't work on this, like I am a pretty healthy person and I would probably live many more years, but they would be like in misery. And it Mm -hmm. was like my choice if I wanted to continue living like that or try a different way of being that I hadn't been before. And like, it's Mm -hmm. those moments where it's like, where it's do or die that shift you. Yeah. Yeah. And what we, what we slip into, which is so funny and like, it is necessary because we can't, like, I always say pleasure is equal parts, passion and peace. And so like, we can't always be so like, you know, in our, uh, Hemingway energy of like, you know, wrestling beasts and being heroes. Like it, we need to like be at peace and like float through our day and just be like kind of blissed out or like just not really thinking about anything or at ease. And, but also like, um, you know, allowing yourself to check in every single day and to not like, just get slipped up by these, like, and this is why I teach worship don't fit like this is the philosophy behind everything I do is like instead of fixing just worship it like if I have anxiety if I'm starting to like spiral and I'm like okay what are the tools what's this can I do a deep breathing how do I fix this how do I get this to end how do I get this to stop and it's like even that kind of mindset or thoughts or actions are still based of out of fear And when you actually just like worship yourself in any moment, in any experience, you return to a state of love so fast. Cause you're like, what if this version of me is worthy? What if this anxious spiraling motherfucker that like I turn into, what if, what if they are so beautiful? What if they are so worthy of love? What if they are so powerful? What if they are forced to be reckoned with even when it seems like they're not and the world would say they're not and the world would say to fix it. What if I just worship them and I allow them to take up space like I would a child and love them. And what happens when you do that is you return to a state of love and you get to hold both. You get to hold both. So like, it doesn't matter whether or not the anxiety disappears, but you can still return to a state of love and you increase your capacity for life to flow through you. And I think all of our suffering and the worst things that can happen to humans and like addiction and numbing, like it comes from numbing and the term balance. I hate the term balance so much. (laughs) I think balance means death. Like we'll be balanced when we're dead, like, cause energy is flowing and, and changing and it's always going from state to state to state. And so we're always trying to like exist in this little like frame of life experience. And when we reach an edge of like, this feels scary, this feels like too much. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. If you teach yourself and you learn how to be safe and lovable in that experience in your body, like if you, like what helped me, cause I used to have 
multiple panic attacks every single day. It would last like 30 minutes. This is like, I had a second rabies scare <laughs> years later, two, no, four years later. And I was having panic attacks every day because it was a huge trigger for me. And, um, what healed it and like what kind of birthed this whole philosophy of what I teach is that I had, to, I told myself like, it's safe for me to be in my body in this moment with this fear. It doesn't have to change. I don't have to reject it. I can be in this experience and still be beautiful, worthy, loved, safe, held on purpose, like in my power, like this version of me doesn't have to go anywhere. And what would happen is when you like, let kind of let go of that resistance and you teach yourself that you're safe, no matter what you're like, literally unfuckable, unfuckwithable. <laughs> yes. And like, the, I feel like that was such a big learning for me too, because it was like the thing that made the anxiety go away was like not mm-hmm. shaming myself for it because what was making it worse is that I was feeling bad for feeling anxious and then feeling more anxious about being anxious. And then I like, wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. leave the house because I was so anxious. And yeah, up until like mid 2020, I was struggling with like binge eating and emotional eating. Mm -hmm. And actually from taking like Ashe's class and her being like, like, what if you Mm -hmm. loved the part of yourself that is self-sabotaging right now? Mm -hmm. And like it, it went away in like three days just Mm -hmm. by loving that part of myself. And I had spent almost like I had spent almost a year being like, I'm so evolved. I'm so healed. I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, why can't I get rid of the binge eating? Like I'm so mad. And as soon as I accepted it, it was gone like instantly. Mm -hmm. And that's the hilarious part too, of the whole journey. Cause it's like, you're like, once you let go of trying to get rid of it, it just like, will not it's like a child if you ignore a child who's crying they're gonna scream and cry louder like we want to be seen and heard and felt and understood and so like the self-sabotage or those moments like literally I just see it like and there's like three different like energies that I'm kind of always in between and I think everyone's in between it's like your inner child so that's the self-sabotage the resistance the fear the like voices of our parents of like you're not you're doing it wrong don't do it this way like the you know fear of rejection that's the inner child and then there's the pussy queen and she's like our super like you know she feels unstoppable she's alive she's in the present moment like she's in her power she's like channeling all this energy like she's just like she's in it and like fully about it and then there's the fierce crone and that's like our deathbed self who can like give us those reflections and like that clarity and that wisdom and like bridging the gap between all three of them and like worshiping them all. Like, yeah, it's the secret love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that so much. I like my thoughts. I'm going to go to the next question, but my thoughts during this interview mm-hmm. are like, Sammy, I need to go to Philly's <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yes. I feel like we would stay up all night. <laughs> Mm-hmm. talking yes um but the next question I was going to ask is kind of like more in depth about kind of like that sexual trauma healing piece mm-hmm. and then like moving into sexual worship like what are some of mm-hmm. the you know things you can kind of do with that and yeah like what did that look like for you yeah so I kind of 
I kind of assert like sexual healing is so necessary. Like it's very important. And I definitely don't recommend anyone like skipping those parts. Um, but I think that we can kind of get stuck in these like healing loops for like way too long. (laughs) And we're kind of trying to observe in the narrative and the story that people and teachers and philosophies can create is like, let me observe how I'm wrong or how I'm not healed or how I am not being my full self or in my truth. And like, let, like it's looking for the loss. It's looking for the pain rather than the transit. And that's beautiful. And that is like a good, that's needed. Like I spent years and years and years, like just being with the pain, looking for the pain, understanding the pain, listening, like really, but I also was kind of trying to fix it. Like I was trying to fix it to arrive to a place that actually like doesn't fucking exist. (laughs) And I kind of have a lot of like not beef, but like, I have like a lot of like qualms with like spiritual rituals or like certain teachings that I think are really disempowering without us realizing it. And so sexual healing is like, in my opinion, like really being with the pain, really being with yourself, really observing things that maybe you weren't even aware of. Like I wasn't aware I was numbing my pain. I was. And so you're just like coming to consciousness about all these things, which is beautiful and like holding space for that and realizing how deep it goes, but then transitioning into a space of sexual liberation where it's rather than like, how can I heal myself? How can I fix myself? It's like, how can I just love the shit out of myself? How can I just like be so present in this moment and what is perfect about it? What is beautiful about it? And it's a different, it's a completely different awareness with a completely different destination. You're not going anywhere. You are just present in the magic. And so it's like the destination is yourself. The, the only purpose of the worship is to acknowledge all of the amazingness that is already there rather than trying to like get to a healed whole place, which I think the healing narrative can be the liberation narrative is like, how can I observe how perfect and beautiful like this moment is? And I think when we do that, we naturally reach this place of wholeness because all we have is the present moment. And that's like the funniest part about the like life is like, we only have this moment right now. So like the story you're telling yourself right now, this moment, like that's the only truth, like all the others, <laughs> it's not even real. Like the past is so manipulated and tainted by our memories. Like the future doesn't even fucking exist yet. And we're just in this moment and it's like, okay, well, what story are you telling yourself right now? oh, well, I could tell myself, you know, like I need to heal my back injury so I can work out so I can fit like my old clothes because I gained weight after like not being able to move for a few months and like how I need to heal this and heal this and like fix this and move to a more whole and complete place. That's my experience in this moment. But if I focus on liberation and worship rather than fixing, I'm noticing how good it feels that my lungs fill with 
breath and that there's enough fucking trees and plants still in this world to, <laughs> to give me enough oxygen and how I love the way that certain, when I say certain words, my tongue hits the roof of my mouth and it like feels really cool. And I love the um, like quality water I drink and I love my new bed frame and I love like just how good it feels to like feel energy shoot up my spine when I'm excited. And like, I love how like I'm just I can tune into my pussy and send love to every single person that I've ever encountered and like how fun is that and imagining their heart expanding with so much beauty and like wishing them that some wishing that something magical happens for them today or someone says something really nice to them like I can use my I can direct my energy and awareness to worshiping the possibility of love and what it has to offer this moment and then I become the portal and the vessel of love I become whole and complete and I'm overflowing. And so I think this, like it's the shit, the dance of awareness of whatever is needed for yourself in that moment. That is like the difference. And um, when you can do that, when you can enter into that space. So when you enter into like sexual liberation and you know how to worship rather than like focusing on healing or like you can show up to a partner and a person And when you invite them into that energy with you, like you, you both feel so free and nothing is off limits and you get really wild and crazy and you have fun and you do weird shit and you experiment, you do crazy positions. You might like, you just feel, you feel like children, but it's sexy and it's fun. And it's like, who knows what's going to happen. And you like enter into this unknown realm of possibility and that's why it's like in a, to harness that energy in such a space that is so shamed and so controlled and so manipulated by society, religion, people, parents, like education, our government, like to feel that level of freedom and expression in that space with yourself and with someone you're inviting to join you into that. That's so powerful. And if you can do it in that space, you can do it anywhere. And one of your questions you emailed me was like, um, like how does sex and like business like intertwine? <laughs> and it's because, and I was thinking about that, like literally, I was like on the <laughs> toilet this morning, like thinking about <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, <laughs> where we all do our best thinking. And, um, yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, it's just simply like as a woman to have sovereignty over your body and your resources is a brand new fucking experience on this planet. Like it's completely new. And we have such a crazy opportunity right now that I don't know if we don't seize it. I don't know if it's guaranteed that our granddaughters will have it or that our great granddaughters will have it. And there's such a big shift that's happened in the last two years between power and money and resources. I think it's so important now more than ever for women to be in their power and to be in, in their sovereignty, to have control of their awareness and to offer their gifts and to like be in that certain energy of liberation and freedom because money and sex are the two most like impacting things in our lives like that it controls everything it controls everything so if you can find liberation and freedom there 
we can change the whole planet like real fast. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I like, I don't know. It makes, it definitely makes me think of, of like two different things where one of them, I'm, I guess I'm just thinking of the person I'm saying the person, but the person is also me. It could be another person, <laughs> but the, 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 I'm the person where mm-hmm. I'm like at a point where I definitely have done some sexual healing. Like I've done a lot, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I guess, like done the therapy for it or like really acknowledged how deeply ingrained it was. And mm-hmm. in 2020, I realized like that I needed to like do therapy for it and do EMDR for it. Um, Cause that's been really helpful for me in the past with trauma. And yeah, I think, I think like, what would you kind of say to the person that is like doing more of the like normal like therapy things for sexual healing like what would you say is like Mm -hmm. really important to also like accompany with the like the talking about it and the feeling in your body like how can you kind of use the the principles of like worship and everything like alongside that healing yeah yeah beautiful um So what I teach in shamanic sex and like in the foundation of it and what I had to do with myself is, and of course there's different levels of like what people are available for and what, what they're ready for. But what I do and what I teach is that if there's positions that cause you pain or that trigger you or scare you, or if there was ever a moment like just to I hope like this is I'm going to speak about some sexual violent things that have happened like I've been raped twice I've been drugged three times and then sexually assaulted I can't even count how many times and um like I had to go with my body in a safe space and I call it pleasure practice it doesn't have to be sexual it could be it doesn't matter but creating a safe space with myself alone going into those positions that I experienced violence in and reclaiming pleasure in my body in those positions. And actually I've spoken to a few psychotherapists about this and what happens is when we have a trigger, a chemical, like really, and you know, I'm sure you probably, you can explain this better than I can, but like the way they explained it to me and the way that I understand it um, is like the trigger is like a chemical lodged in our brain and we don't understand time or space. And so when you complete the action and your limbic brain understands you completed it and you were safe, then the trigger releases. And so when you reclaim your body and I call it, this is also referred to as like soul retrieval. Um, when you reclaim your body and you allow those triggers to release over time and you do so in a space of self-worship and self-honoring and self like self-pleasure for you and only you, and you do that in a, in a way, like it can take as long as you want. It can be however, like, yeah, it, it's going to look very different for everyone. Um, but that was crucial in terms of like, combining the understanding and the talking about it and feeling heard and understood it's completely different when you actually get into a sexual position or deal with penetration or stimulation or just actually being naked or with your body or being witnessed it's 
it's a whole different world. So when you create those practices to witness yourself and to worship, like, okay, I have this trigger. I have this, maybe it's manifested as like pain. Like I had a colposcopy and they took a, um, where they like do a sample of your cervix. They like cut a chunk of your cervix out. And she like the little tong things where she had the wrong size, something. So she left the tongs attached to my cervix hanging out and it was like pulling down. It was so painful. And she was like, this like never had, like, I'm so sorry that like shouldn't happen. That never happens. And like, she had to go run and grab a tool that she didn't have. And it was so painful. And um, so like, I had a lot of cervix pain or like vaginal wall pain. And so going in with like a crystal wand or your fingers and like, just giving so much love to your cervix and so much love and just feeling your own body and like doing it in a space that feels really safe and that reclaiming pleasure. And so doing that with yourself or, you know, having a friend even in your apartment with you, like you could do whatever you need to do. You can ask for support, have someone on the phone, like have your partner witness you, like you can be held and seen and like, it can be whatever way you want it to be. But that's how I recommend in terms of like moving through trauma, reclaiming your body. And, um, and then you can slowly, move into more of like liberation. Like you could like spank yourself and do all these crazy things with yourself. You can live out your fantasies with yourself in a safe space where you are in control and like really learning your voice, what you like consent. And I, I really teach it. So everything is like sexual energy. It's all creation. And so like even looking around your house, and this is something I have everyone do is like, you look around your house and like, what things do you own that you didn't consent to and that you actually don't even fucking like, you know, like did someone give you something and you feel like you have to keep it. You feel like you have to own it. You have to wear it. You have to keep it because someone gave it to you. But if you were to actually think about it, you don't fucking like that. You don't want it in your space. Like everything is an extension of our consent and our power. And so like reclaiming it on all levels spiritually, mentally, physically, environmentally is like, it's, and slow, you know, it can be slow or fast. Um, but doing that really puts you in the state of like, you trust yourself to create whatever you need, the mental, spiritual, physical, environmental support. That's true and authentic for you. You learn how to trust yourself. And so that's the key. Yeah. I mean, I have so many so many things to say. I guess the brief thing that I would say is that like, I feel like this isn't said enough in like the self-pleasure spirituality world that like your fingers are like enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you must buy this expensive crystal and like do the thing, but like, no, you can just use your fingers and get to know Mm -hmm. your body. Like you don't need to buy a huge crystal if that's too big or too scary or like whatever it is. And I, like, I think you yeah. just opened something to me that I needed to hear because I was like, this crystal, like, mm. this isn't like, I don't like this. <laughs> like this doesn't yeah. feel good to me actually. I know. And I think it blows my mind. Like how many women have never even touched their own cervix. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even know how, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I, I, I anatomically know where it is supposed to be, but I don't mm-hmm. know it on my body. Yeah. Well, if you want to, I highly wouldn't, I highly 
encourage and invite you to see if you can find it, you know, if you, if that interests you, but, and anyone listening, um, cause I remember I didn't do it until like maybe two years after Michael Poscopy touched my cervix for the first time. Cause I was just afraid. Like I was so scared. And like, is that weird? How far is like, just all the things I'm like, no, this is my body. This is my hand. Like I, like I'm going to channel so much energy and love to this space. And like, I'm going to, I get to, I get the beauty of penetrating myself. I get to experience that beauty and that magic. And I get to know myself really intimately and like in depth and with love. And it's funny because even like the, the G spot is generally like three cent, three inches in the vagina. And like, most people think it's like way deeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's all kinds of things like that, but yeah, I'm glad that that like hit something for you. Clicked for me. And I, I think what you were saying about like you, the chemical trigger, it's like, it's the idea of like, you're, you're trapped in that cycle in the, the like mm-hmm. fight or flight system. Like it needs to complete mm-hmm. the cycle to allow mm-hmm. you to return to like the re- like rest and digest nervous system, which we should be yeah. in the rest and digest nervous system, like 90% of the time, you know, mm-hmm. but so many of us are living in this like fight or flight response all the time. And yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot of chemicals going on in there, but I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because it's like, um, you know, I think the two most triggering things in terms of like fight, flight, freeze, font, like in a trauma response, it's always like money, like survival, like money is such a triggering thing. And then sex, because literally everything we do is ultimately like for sex and love, like how we move, how we dress, how we decorate, like the job we want, like so many of our decisions are geared towards being lovable and expressing ourselves in a way that we think will give us love and is subconsciously controlled with like sex and family and like that, like tribal need of connection and security within belonging. And so it's like everything, like all these triggers of like, I'm not going to be enough. I'm going to be rejected and then I'm going to die. Like it's all like, it's all every it's just all linked to like those two things for me in terms of like how I see the world and like where I think we could really be more empowered and liberated and free and create how we could create the most change like the fastest way like could you imagine if like every world leader leader was like required to like heal their sexual trauma like it'd be wild heal all their trauma like know their bodies like so much would change Mm mm-hmm yeah well hopefully hopefully at some point but yeah I guess I was gonna say like I think the first time I ever started to real like heal my sexuality and I wasn't even like conscious of it is like Mm -hmm. I just started doing yoga when I was in college and like Mm -hmm. the teacher would always say to pick an affirmation I realized my affirmation just like became like I'm allowed to like experience pleasure because I had literally my first two years of college, I didn't have sex with anyone because I yeah. was like, because I'd had trauma in high school. And I also had been slut shamed so much mm-hmm. that I was like, if I want to have friends, I can't have sex with people, which like what an extreme and drastic belief. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess like from there, there's been like so much healing since then, but I finally kind of started the trauma therapy for it. And mm-hmm. I was just shocked at 
so to start EMDR, you kind of have to list out like all the experiences in one session. It's like the hardest session. It's like really, really intense and triggering. And I listed out like 37 things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so shocked that there were 37 experiences where I felt traumatized by sex. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such like a big thing. And I guess this is kind of related to this question too, but like for Mm -hmm. me, I realized like my, like my issues with my dad and my issues with sexuality and my abandonment wounds, like all like the abandonment wounds is so interlinked with Mm -hmm. the sexual trauma. Um, I don't know if that's like, I'm sure it is for you too. Like all of that is like very linked, but I'm curious to hear like what that's been like for you. Abandonment wounds, like, well, so I always, I don't want to say this. So I have a teaching about trust that always triggers the fuck out of everyone. (laughs) And it's, um, and I did an IGTV video so anyone can like go on my Instagram and just like watch that. But, um, people are always really pissed off at first and then they start to, and then they're like, okay, okay. And then, and then at the end they're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like I get it now. And so what I teach is like, you don't have to trust other people. And like trusting other people actually is like a waste of time because ultimately like everything is about ourselves and like our relationship within. So when you say like abandonment wound and when I think of like myself, like, you know, feel like my mom literally told me she hated me and wished I wasn't born and that I ruined her life like multiple times as like an 11 year old child. And so, um, but I... I didn't feel abandoned by her because I love, I just knew that love was the truth. And I knew that like, I loved her. And I think what happens is like, and why it relates to trust and all these, and I swear this might make sense in a moment, but like, um, like abandonment, I guess the definition of that would be like someone leaving you behind someone leaving you out in the cold, maybe being rejected And so like everything I teach of like, don't fix just worship, like don't reject any parts of you. If you don't reject any parts of you, it doesn't matter if someone else rejects you. It's like, if I said that you're like a, you're like a stupid old man right now, like no part, like you're probably not going to feel rejected. Right. Right. (laughs) Cause there's no part of your body. That's like rejecting you feeling like a stupid old man or like a silly old man. But if someone were to tell me like, you know, if someone were to hit that trigger or like that story and I would be questioning whether or not it's true, like, is it true that I'm not enough? Is it true that I'm not worthy? Is it true that I ruined this person life, person's life and that I'm a burden? Is it true that they don't love me? Like if it, so it's only when it's triggering something that we actually like our inner child is questioning whether it's actually true. And so when you learn to trust yourself and just love other people instead, like I don't need anyone to behave in a certain way in order for me to love myself fully. 
And that's not to say I can't hold them accountable or ask for what I need or have integrity or standards. Like that's a completely different thing, but it's like, how can you just love yourself so deeply that even when it might feel like on the surface to your ego or your brain that you're being rejected, like, you know, that's actually impossible. The only way we can feel rejected is if we're rejecting ourselves. The only time we feel abandoned is when we're abandoning ourselves and like reclaiming your voice, especially when it comes to like sexual trauma, I feel like reclaiming your voice is the most important thing. And what really changed my life was two, no, three years ago, maybe longer, three years ago, I was bartending. It was my last bartending job. And I had a manager who I had known for like eight years and I would have called him like a friend, but he had a drinking problem. He was an immigrant and his wife was abusive and he was like suicidal. And he was like sexually assaulting me. And, um, and I knew I was like, well, I just want to, like, I know I can get through this. I just want to be love. You know, I like, he's, I'm scared of him being deported and him committing suicide. And like, like I was telling him, no, I was pushing, you know, like I was saying no. And I was telling the managers and I was doing everything I knew to do, but I was so like, not in my voice. Like, and after that experience, they, they were like, just give us six weeks to replace him. Can you make it that long? And I should have just fucking quit. Like the version of me now, the healed and more liberated, whatever, this moment that I feel like I've arrived to in this moment, which we're always trying to arrive somewhere, but just being in the now is you've arrived. Like, congratulations. Like you're a bad bitch. <laughs> like you're amazing. And, but I didn't know how to say like, not me, you don't. Like, that's not okay. I know you're going through a lot. I want you to have the help you need, but like, you can't fucking do that to me. And I promised myself that I would always be authentic and share my voice and speak the fuck up. And I could do it. I could be stern and fierce, but still be loving. Like, that is love. And so with self-abandonment, like I had abandoned myself in those moments. Like, and so it's just, it's always, and this is where it comes down to your voice. Like it's, it's never the external things. It's always ourselves. So like, if you're feeling abandoned by like a partner or a person, like. Never, I've never felt like that. Like. Oh, yeah. It's just always, and this is like, even in the manifestation course, like when we want to create something, when we're like, I want to manifest more money. It's like, okay, what, like, if you want to receive more, you have to give more. So if I, if I'm feeling abandoned, it's because I've, I'm abandoning myself in some way. I'm not speaking up. I'm not sharing a need. I'm not speaking my truth. I'm not being loving to myself. I'm not demanding a standard of someone. There's like, it's all just this reflection And it's not to like victim blame. It's not any of that. It's knowing that like you actually, it's an opening into like the fact that you actually do have more power than you've ever allowed yourself to access before. And I think that's like really hard because 
like, I felt like I was doing everything, but I wasn't, you know, like I was like, Oh, I said no. And I was letting money control me. I was letting being a good person control me all these stories and identities. So I think everything is just an opportunity to like switch it. Like if I'm saying I feel abandoned externally, it means I've abandoned myself internally. So that's kind of like what I think about all of that. And like, if I say I don't trust someone else, like if some, like when it comes back to the trust thing, like, let's say someone broke my trust and they said they'd be there for me and they didn't like our ego wants to be like, I trusted you, but really what's actually more in your power is like, I trust myself to get my needs met and to be loved and to be seen and like, I am so good at seeing and understanding and supporting myself that I know I'll always get my needs met no matter what anyone else is doing. But this did let me down. This did hurt my feelings. Do you need to be supported? Are you okay? What happened here? Why was there a miscommunication? Like not being in that, like what would love do? What would not being a victim do? You know, like that kind of a thing to where it's like, people are just going to fucking behave how they behave. And they're going to make promises that they're going to break. So like, how are you going to be able to navigate those scenarios in your power, the way that you want to live your life that will make you happy when you die? That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as you were saying that too, is like fearing, it's like when you fear people are going to abandon you, you abandon Mm -hmm. yourself to make them stay. So with the whole time, it was about abandoning yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, I was starting to abandon myself to try and make someone not abandon me. And that just made them abandon me more. (laughs) If you can get (laughs) abandoned more. Um, But something I was going to say too earlier, just kind of going back to the, like, when you invite someone also into your sexual liberation, how healing that can be, because my past, Mm -hmm. um, my past partner, like had never, had never been with women before. And the Mm -hmm. only one he had been with kind of, um, was just like, you're not good at this. And like, I didn't like this and, but Mm -hmm. never gave him like directions was just like, you're not very good at this, Mm -hmm. which of course. And like, just to be that person that was his first woman and to be so loving and nurturing and encouraging and not setting Mm -hmm. him to any standard, but just wanting, I don't know, just like welcoming into it being a healing experience and welcoming him into it just being how it was going to be and it I it was really beautiful to like witness him in that and be that person yeah for him yes and it's and I'm going to try and do some mental gymnastics and I hope it makes sense but like so relationships are always the mirror and what you are showing by being so nurturing and loving and accepting and guiding rather than judging and being harsh and being mean, you are showing him the awareness and consciousness that is available. And in that moment, that person, your last partner, like wasn't fully activated in their voice with their ex or with that person. Cause could you imagine Like if someone said that to you, you're not good at this. Like you don't know what you're doing. And they were kind of mean about it. What if you just said, like, if you were really, this is where the abandonment comes in. So, and being activated in your voice and knowing how you want to be treated. Like you could say like, wow, like that is not okay. 
that is not okay to be mean like that or to say you're not good at like that's not what this is about like that's completely void of kindness or respect and having the courage to not abandon yourself in that moment to receive that love or that attention or affection and to say you know I value this connection and I value this experience we're sharing and but I do not accept like being communicated with that way that's not kind that's not respectful that doesn't turn me on that doesn't excite me that's not how I speak to myself and that's not how I want to communicate with the people around me either and I would never talk to you that way and it's just I want to invite us into a bigger space than that a bigger consciousness bigger love and if they're like fuck you that's weird like (laughs) then you know but these are the moments to where so then the next experience was healing right so you're reflecting not what they can receive but what they can give to themselves and receive from themselves And this is key because we're always going into relationships and experiences of like, you know, my excellent, for example, like I developed a fear of bats, like after my second rabies scare, because I like ran my face into a bat and I was like scared of them. And I like, didn't want to go outside at night and like, they'd be flying around and I would see them and hear them. And I was like scared. I was scared. And he was really annoyed with me. And was like, I just wish you could like not be so afraid. I wish you could. And he would shame and reject my fear. Cause I was always holding the solid ground. He couldn't handle when I wasn't. So, um, yeah. So I, after I got out of that relationship, I had to go back and worship that part. Like that part of me is beautiful. Like that, that version of me, who's afraid, who's working through a fear. She's valuable. She's loved. She's beautiful. She's deserving even sexually. Like she's hot, you know, she, like I worshiped her. I worshiped her with my heart, with my mind, with my spirit and with my pussy. And I said that she was so worthy of love in every way. And the version of me who accepted someone speaking that way to me and not being kind, I didn't have, I didn't have to, like, I was able to reclaim and understand and integrate that within myself. So then of course my next partner is going to speak to me that way. And if they don't, that's up to me. And that's where it's like not really worrying about like not you don't have to spend too much time kind of thinking like, do I trust this person? Are they going to abandon me? The only thing that I think is really valuable of our time and energy is like how much love can I hold myself in and have a high standard for and invite everyone into that space. And if they show up with anything but kindness or love, like we'll have a I trust myself to use my voice, to have a conversation about it and to hold them like accountable, to be loving, to be kind. Like people are going to make mistakes. We're all going to fuck up and say stupid things, but like being in your power enough and having the awareness and like living in that energy, like that's the only thing I think we like really need to be concerned with. Does that like make sense? Yeah. That self-trust is so important because I've been like, Mm -hmm after this like breakup, like what does, you know, like what does happiness look like to me now? And like all these things. And it's like, it's really this like deep ingrained fear that you think you're not going to get that thing that you need for yourself. And it's like, once you trust yourself to stand up for yourself, to get your needs met, 
that worry just goes away. Like no matter how hard it gets, I'm always going to like get myself through it or get my needs met or, you know, Mm -hmm. do whatever I need to do. And yeah, I think that's super powerful. And I was going to say too, like my past partner, he said none of his other partners before had even like cared about his pleasure at all. And I think so many people experience that. Um, And it's just so healing when we have partners that do, but I know that we're getting a little bit short on time. So I just wanted to ask you the last question of kind of like, so how, I think we're taught this very rigid way of like business and how to have a business Mm. and that it needs to look like this. And like, you know, like how do you teach people that business can look however the fuck it wants and it can be fun and it can be sexy and it can be pleasurable. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's hilarious because, you know, everything is a journey and I'm still like learning even more and more how to release the stories of what it should be and like what it's supposed to look like. But, um, yeah, business, like, what, what I think is the most liberating thing to integrate if you're someone who is working for your, even just fucking anything you do that you exchange your time and energy and expertise and love and, and space for money. Everything is just a relationship. That's all it is. And so I love to say like, I don't have a business. I have relationships and where like, I give my heart, I give my time, energy, wisdom, whatever the fuck it is, support, I hold space. Like whatever that person is coming to me for it, whether it be learning business or learning how to embody their voice or sexually heal. Um, like I just lost my train of thought, but <laughs> it's just the relationship with an energetic exchange and everything has that. And so when you boil it down to that, it's like, what relationship do I want to have with my business? What relationship do I want to have with my clients and genuinely answering that. And when you can answer that of like, you know, the relationship I want to have with my business is one where I feel secure when I feel safe, when I feel loved, when I feel like all of me is welcome, you know, all of me gets to play and express. And like, you really devote yourself to that relationship more than you devote yourself to whatever vision you've been kind of sold by society or by coaches or by who the fuck, whoever. So like, and the funniest thing is the more you do that, the more you will, like there, there's a lot of things in the business world of like 50 K in 50 days or like, you know, all that stuff. And like, that's great. Like, I love it. Like push yourself, expand, really believe something wild is possible. You know, like believe that any crazy number, anything you want to create, you can create and like have someone who can hold that energy for you of like anything is possible. And like, really like, yeah, be open to that shit. That's fun. That's cool. But only if it fits and is an integrity with the relationship you want to have with yourself in this space of you offering your gifts. And this is where like sexual liberation and healing, um, you know, adding pleasure and making business more pleasurable and more fun and free overlaps is because, um, when you release the need of like putting other people of like what you think it needs to look like, like what you think sex or an orgasm needs to look like, what you think self-pleasuring needs to look like, what you think your love is supposed to look like, what you think your business is supposed to look like when you put the, like your authentic pleasure, your authentic voice, and you don't make it a means to an end, 
what you put on the pedestal is how you feel in this moment here and now and the abundance of this, the story you're telling in this moment. So it doesn't matter if you lose a client, you lose out on 15 grand or like you gain three clients and you suddenly made all this money. Like it doesn't matter what is happening. It's the story and the meaning you give it. And so liberating yourself from all of those narratives and like really devoting yourself to the relationship you want to have with your people. And like, cause there are all these people, there's everyone's just selling. This is like, whenever I really hammer this into my clients, like they're like, Oh my God, thank you. This is so freeing. Like, cause they'll be on their path, right? They'll be on their path. Every, all my clients, all their stuff looks different. All the work they're doing looks different. The way they're doing it looks very different. And what happens is they'll be like, okay, this feels like really good for me. This feels exciting, playful, authentic. And they're like, here's my plan. And here's how I'm going to move forward. And then they'll see someone's training on Instagram. That's like, if you're doing this, money's going to run away from you and you need to have this set up or else money is never going to come into your life. And like clients are going to hate you and you're going to fucking suck and die. And like they let it, and because they, they're marketing their way. Like, of course, they're going to say it's the best. Of course, they're going to say that the opposite way is the wrong way. And the way that they're selling you is the correct way. That's literally marketing. Like, if you don't want to use Facebook groups, you could be like, aren't you so sick of Facebook groups that you never use? Or if you're like, aren't you so sick of like shallow things that don't have a deeper space for connection? That's why I have this Facebook group. Like, it's, you Mm -hmm. learn how to market it. So what they get caught up in is other people's stories and marketings of what's right or wrong. And so it's like when you really ground into what is pleasurable genuinely for you and utilizing that, owning it as much as you can, because again, it's like, it's like the process of being human. We like forget it. And then we remember, forget, remember, forget, remember. So it's like just this annoying fucking (laughs) always evolving dance and yeah, I think that's just the key. And like, you learn, you learn. And it's exactly what you said about how, when you get old or like forties or fifties, like you learn how to just like, not give a fuck. The key is learning how to set up everything from that, like as early as you can, whether you're starting today or whether you've had a business for five years and you want to start doing this now, like it's never too late. It's never too early. Like you just stop giving a fuck about what they say you have to do to make it work. And cause it's about, and this is why the, the understanding of it being relationships is so important is because you sharing your heart, why you're doing what you're doing, why it matters so much and why you care about the person you're here to help so much. That's all people want to know. Like, that is all of marketing. And when you boil it back down to that, every time you just share your heart, you share your heart, you share your heart, you develop those relationships, you pour love into other people. That's it. You'll be fucking great. You will be like, we don't love like the best. If you go to a bitchy doctor, you're going to love the happy, kind, loving doctor more. You know, it doesn't, doesn't, we don't care where they went to school, what their GPA was. We want someone who treats us with love, who's passionate, who's exciting. That's contagious. It gives life. If you want more life, if you want to receive, then give more, give what you want to receive, give that passion and energy and love and invite them into your heart. And like, it's so easy. 
it's a real, like, it's not hard. It's very easy. But it's yeah. But we, it's like, we make it, we make it so hard. And it's funny. Cause I had this notion of like, when you get to the coaching world or the spirituality world, no one will tell you to do anything against your intuition. Like, I think I had that belief and then I got here and then mm-hmm. I was like, this is wrong. Like, why is everyone telling me to do this? Um, yeah. And it's so interesting, but I, I feel like I'm going to have to have you back on. Cause I want to talk about mm-hmm. this so much more but this Mm -hmm. conversation has just been like so amazing and like I needed Mm -hmm. every piece of it and I know like Mm -hmm. whoever listens to this needs it too and I'm just super grateful for you and we need to hang out in Philly soon (laughs) I know thank you so much love thank you for having me and just like thanks to anyone who's listening and um yeah the last thing I want to say is like you are just so beautiful in this moment And to like really allow yourself the opportunity to witness that, like that is the greatest treasure that you will ever receive is receiving yourself. I know you were saying that for like anyone listening, but when you said it, I was like, me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And me too, right? Like we're, we always say that. Like, I need to hear that. I need to hear myself say that, you know, like, we're just, we're all like fucking skipping along together and not knowing what we're doing. Just like having a great time, not having a great time. It's good. Totally. I, I ran into this person at a coffee shop randomly, like a month mm-hmm. ago when I was like scared about a relationship ending and all these things. And I ran into mm-hmm. this person and she was like, don't give up on your path. And then she was like, she was like, you're so special, but we all are. Mm-hmm. And we don't know it. And then she just left the coffee shop and I was like, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and it was, it, she was so right, you know, like, and that's like yeah. what we all need to hear and we're not embodying, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank yeah. you for coming here and sharing some of your, like your love and light and just Aww. like reflections with all of us. Thank you, babe. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for your amazing fucking badass soul and everything you're doing in this world. Thank you. all right I'll talk to you soon